Hey, it's Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel and all the major audio podcatchers and Odyssey as well. Credit to Justin Campbell at jcamp1521 for the intro. If you need any intros or editing or any podcast needs, essentially, go hit him up. If you're a podcaster, uh, he is a good guy to commission for stuff like that. So definitely go check him out. Uh, today, my guest is Sal. Sal the Agris, Sal Mayweather. We'll be continuing our series uh, we're continuing our live reading series. Uh, right now, we're on the critique aspect, uh, Rothbard's critique, because at the end of, and if you've been following the series, you know at the end of New Libertarian Manifesto, uh, you know Rothbard's or not Rothbard, Konkin sent out a bunch of shit to all the major, a lot of the major le uh, thought leaders at the time, and asked for their critiques of it, and that's what's in the back of New Libertarian Manifesto. And so we have a few Rothbard being the most notable of them, obviously. Uh, so we are currently covering Rothbard's critique, and then there will be a response from Konkin after. So that'll be interesting. Uh, just to, a reminder for everyone, you know, if you're a new listener, uh, the way this format works is uh, right now it's the 21st. If you're watching the 21st, you're watching the live stream. It will be only available today. I will put it private unless it's whatever. And I, it will only be available for my patrons for about a week or so until it goes, until it goes public. Uh, you know, so if you're, you're real for the pot live stream, you don't have to pay money or anything. You just show up for the live stream. Um, if you want to have access to it in the in between time and maybe in some other perks that are available, hit, uh, get, hit me up with, and give me some money at patreon.com. So no way Jose 2020, um, do, uh, the highest level, the lowest level being two bucks just for the minimum, the, just to get the access, the highest level being 20. Uh, there's other levels in between that give you different, uh, perks. The 20 is the highest being sponsors. Uh, basically means I read you off. Uh, right now I have two sponsors. I have CD McRae of the Whiskey and Tea Podcast. I just got a new one called Just Jeremy. I apologize. I haven't had a chance to follow up with you and get like your plugs and stuff because I didn't I didn't have any. So if you're watching this, you know you can send it to me. I'll follow up with you later. Uh, but yeah, I I had my my internet's been out for the past couple of days, so I finally got it fixed. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I gave you the topic. Uh, just little plugs for me. Uh, I just had Buck Angel on. Check that out. I got Jacob Daniel and and James coming on the, the following weeks. The figured it'd be nice to reminisce with some of the old homies. I haven't had them on in a long time. Uh, when it comes to Tower Gang, we just had Kokesh on. That was a fun episode, and he's been spurging out doing weird, crazy shit on Twitter. So we brought him on and clowned on him a little bit, and we actually had a pretty good fun time. It, it was it was it was fun. Um, you should definitely check that out. We have Crypt Daddy coming on next week, May seventh. Uh, if you're in the Florida area, you absolutely need to go to this. There's a limited amount of tickets. Uh, the Summer Porch Tour uh, with Robbie Bernstein is kicking off at Top Lobster's house. It's kind of like a roughly in the Orlando area. Um, yeah, so that's going to be all of Tower Tower Gang is going to be, or supposed to be. We'll see. Because uh, uh, the biggest ones, me, me, Cole, and Clint are all kind of nearby. And then we have, uh, obviously, it's at Top's house. Uh, and then we have... Uh, fucking toad in massachusetts and then we got uh and then it's not new hampshire now is he no he's still in mass and then we got uh fucking reed wherever the hell he is in ohio or whatever weird ass place he's supposed to be going to new hampshire i don't know supposedly they're both flying down i don't know if they have their tickets yet but essentially at the very least you will have like four out of six of the entire power guys there along with robbie bernstein we're having a live podcast comedy kind of big vent drinking lots of fun um so yeah definitely go check that out it's at or it's on may 7th I, i'm not quite i don't have a link for you for the uh, tickets or anything go to robbie's page or watch part of the problem he, he's been plugging it too uh as always go check out top lobster top lobster.com uh, top lobster.com use jose at checkout for 10 percent off all right let's get into it hey what's up dude 
What's up? What's going on? Not much. Like I said, I just got my internet working again, so that that was nice. I wasn't on the episode of Tower Power Hour with Kokesh yesterday, which kind of worked out because everyone showed up because everyone was really <clears throat> eager to clown on Kokesh. I'm gonna be in fun. Oh, I can't wait saga. to watch that one. I'm gonna have to, yeah. to see that. I'll have, to, I'll have to watch that next. Yeah, no, it was a. Uh, it was interesting. It was. It was surprisingly. It wasn't as animal in in animistic in in. You know, well, I don't know whether an, animosity and animosity. I don't know how that as much animosity. Yes, right? but there, I feel like there's a word of it where you put an ick Probably. at the end. I just can't Probably. pronounce it right now. I don't know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, that that wasn't as much in not in. Why the fuck am I having such a hard time with that word? It wasn't as mean as I thought it would be, or I knew it was actually. I actually knew it wasn't going to be, but um, it's not as bad in that sense as a lot of people thought it'd be. It was pretty fun. I mean, don't be don't get me wrong. They got their digs in. We uh we we had we 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 threw them at them. Uh, but it was a fun time. I definitely think people check it out. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally got my internet working, so I wasn't able to be there for that. Um, well, you yeah, hicks down in Florida, you can't even have real internet, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were talking a little bit before about how we both have uh, Spectrum or whatever. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, anything new with you? No, no, just working, grinding, man, and uh, <clears throat> you know, managing the two stores and the, the meme pages and stuff, and working on a new book. So, I got my hands full. Juggling new projects, things like that, all the time. So, I feel like you told me about the new book, but you want to remind me again? I forget. You so it's um, it's a history book. It's about okay. like the so I, the working title is like the history of a bad idea. It's just going to be like a history of government, and like how we got from like the original state of nature to like this oppressive dictatorial tyranny, and like basically it's a story of man's attempt to perfect the idea of government. Mm. You cool. know. Uh, by the way, Pollo Paradis, who's always here for him, I appreciate you showing up. He said antagonist. Yes, maybe that's that was a, the word. Maybe or that's what I was looking for. But I was like, I was really focused on animosity, but I was trying to make it an ick because I feel like that should work, but I can't yeah, find animosity is a noun though. Yeah, but you know, you know, what I mean, Everyone, words have <clears> different <throat> variations, you know. So like, I've, yeah. in, in a in a whatever the fuck, I don't know. Maybe it's not a word here. <laughs> <laughs> maybe part of you was thinking antagonistic, but then like I don't know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I guess we can go ahead and get into this. I think today we should be able to finish Rothbard's portion, and then probably next episode we'll probably get into the reply from Konkin. Uh, yeah, which will be nice because I don't know why it really it's like a punch in the soul reading this. So, like, this part of it because it's just like Rothbard getting so much wrong, but. I think we discussed this last time, and, and I discussed it. I think last recently. time we, we did a good job of tearing yeah. him apart in his critiques, but I think I think this time it'll be. Um, well, we'll see. I don't want to get yeah. ahead of myself. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's going the coke to post, so he might, there actually might be some agreement there. Uh, so maybe this is the end. Maybe maybe this is this. Is a part I'm with Conkin on the coke to post too. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a fan of the coke boys. Yeah. No, I mean definitely. It's kind of party arcs. A, yeah, there's definitely something too. That's part of why these things kind of fall apart. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know. It'll be nice to get onto Konkin's response. Yeah, like said, for sure. Just... But I think we talked last time, and I guess there there is something too, because I don't know how big Konkin was at the time when he wrote this book or who he was. But it, this is really, it does kind of almost, if you think about it, it almost has that vibe of like, here's my mixtape. Can you tell me what you think of it? So it's like to give Rothbard a little bit of a. Um, I don't know, to be charitable, 
there's a good chance he may have just kind of leafed through it. Like, I, I, you know, not really well devoured <clears throat> it entirely. Was, dude, Rothbard was super thorough um, with all of his shit. And that's, it's funny. It's like on the book, like if you read his the little um, blurb here that Rothbard uh, wrote about the book that Konkin put on here, all like one of his things is that um, – uh, maybe he didn't put it here in the back, but like one of the things he says about the book is like, oh, well, at least this guy can write. Like at least like the libertarians are, are so fucked up that we don't even have people who can like write a complete sentence. So if I can't say anything else about Konkin, at least I can say that the man is able to like put his thoughts onto paper. So I think like that is might, might be like, you know, Rothbard was, was trying to be charitable in, in that regard, you know. Yeah. Which, I mean, that is a fair, uh, if, even if you completely disagree with everything Konkin says, I, I feel like it's pretty uh, oh, indisputable. Yeah. He's a good writer. Like, <clears throat> Oh, yeah. At the very least, a uh, concise writer. Uh, that's one thing I was marveled at. Me and you both marveled at reading through this again, that like how he was able to just like concisely go over so much shit. You know? Have you ever listened to, or I don't know if anybody out there watching has listened to um, John Loeb's uh, reading of the New Libertarian Manifesto. It's on YouTube, I'm pretty sure. You can get it. And he's got, like, this deep, like, booming voice. And, like, with Konkin's writings and his, like, narration, it's it's a really good listen. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Like, I don't remember if it was New Libertarian Manifesto or Agris Primer, because I've for those who aren't just watch this now, I've already done a full live reading with Caleb Brown on that. But I do remember in one of them, he, like, did a, a complete foreign policy like almost like a, basically an entire scott horton's book in like a page or two like, right yeah you know, it's like holy fuck yeah <laughs> yeah and he like covered all and like yeah obviously there was important information left out but it was like very very thorough. very thorough very like all the basic bullet points that you really do need to know and you're like oh shit like okay <laughs> like it, it's pretty impressive but all right let's go ahead and get into it uh, as always, stop me whenever um, whenever yeah. you need or you got something for me. Uh, problem of the octopus or coke. We're in eighty-seven, by the way, of this yes. book. If you guys are following along, yeah, I'm not sure if it's different in the other book. I think I've said this multiple times. Don't get this one. Get Polu, grab an extra beer for me too. By the yeah. way, sorry. <laughs> You're good. Uh, yeah, don't don't get this one. The one that's just the just this one. Get the. Uh, if anyone's watching, can see. I don't know. Get the one uh, that has an Agoras class theory in it as well, because that's like the only way you can get it. Although I think you might be able to buy an Agoras class theory separate. No, actually, I don't think you can. But point being, you're gonna read the, this stuff and be like, "Oh, cool." There's another work in Agoras class theory, and then you have to buy a New Libertarian Manifesto twice because there's two different versions, and only one of the versions has an Agoras class theory. Right. Wait, did I say that? Right? Yes, I did. Or <clears throat> yeah, I always say an Agoras class theory because an Agoras primer. No, it's Agris class theory, not the ant. Yeah. Whatever. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No <laughs> article. Ant, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the article in the other one throws me off. All right. Konkin has also railed against the be beneficence, God, what a weird word, of Charles Koch, uh, not only for being pro-LP, but also because he has tended to acquire a monopoly of the movement. Still abstracting from the LP, let us begin by each one of us putting ourselves in Koch's place. You say are a multimillionaire and you get converted to libertarianism. You're all excited about it and you want to do something to advance the cause. Things being what they are, the main thing you contribute is your money. What should you do? The trouble with asking us to make this act of imagination 
is that most of us can't conceive of ourselves as multimillionaires, and too many of us have absorbed the primitive populist view of millionaires as evil Fu Manchu characters bent on exploitation. But let's take the case of our multi-millionaire convert. Would Konkin really say that he should do nothing because this might create a monopoly of the movement? No. I'm going to go ahead and stop there because this is already the... This is the... Straw man. Yeah, it's a straw man a little bit, and it's also the... Whether intentional or not, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not saying he was being dishonest, but... This is a common thing. Even really good libertarians will say they'll they'll accuse Agris like, what do, you, "What do you want us to just do? Nothing?" Like, no, I'm not saying do nothing. I'm just saying <clears throat> don't do this one thing. That's, right. That's all I'm saying. Right. Like, like, like if you like, I know someone stabs someone, you're like, "Stop stabbing them." And I mean, obviously, it's different because we're talking about aggression and then something that, right. that may or may not be aggression, depending on how you define it. But anyways, like someone stabbing the someone. Holds. Yeah, and, and you're like, hey. Stop, stop stabbing. And you're like, what do you want me to do? Nothing? And you're like, yeah, right. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Like, that's, no, that's exactly like, it. Don't do that thing. <laughs> and it's um, like of, of coming from a master logician like Rothbard, it's it's so disappointing. Yeah. Because I mean, like, to this be is fair, the guy. Yeah. To be fair, this I is get the guy the who point. does like praxeology okay. and shit like yeah. that. It's like you would think, like, out of all people. He would be the one with like the most basic common understanding of, of, of like just basic logic. Yeah. And to be fair to him, I can, I can kind of to steel man him or or to kind of give the benefit of the doubt. I maybe maybe he's just kind of shorthand what he's kind of getting at. And we're about to read more is I can understand the argument that maybe for a millionaire, it's easier for them to have this one thing the go to. Oh, LP, I'm a libertarian. We'll, we'll do the libertarian party. I'll give them money like. I could see how, and there's definitely something to that. If you're a rich person, you don't want to put a lot of work into it. And you're like, what can I do to advance liberty? I'm a libertarian, libertarian party. That's like the go-to thing that everyone, the dots that could connect. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Maybe it might be a little, take you a little bit more brain work to figure out where to put your money, time and effort. Uh, By the way, same like, thing goes for normal people as well. <laughs> They're like, well, what do you want me to do? I, I don't know. The, the, the 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 possibilities are endless. I don't I don't know what right. to tell you. <laughs> right, exactly. <clears throat> um, you know what else I was thinking too? It's like just when you were when you were talking, it's like we have the 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 benefit of looking in hindsight now, right? Mm-hmm. So this book was written in what, like the eighties or whatever. So it's like who was right? We the jury's out now. By we like we can see what effect the Coptopus has had on the movement. Look at what they've done to the Cato Institute. And, it, and it's ironic because Rothbard's competing institute, the Mises, the Mises Institute, is now completely opposed to Cato, right? So now, like, like the Rothbardians have sort of come, come, uh, come along on Konkin's point regarding the Coctopus, right? Like, yeah. the problems we see with, um, like, what are, like, these, like... Uh, like these left progressives in the Libertarian Party, who are, like who am I talking about here? Like the Fakertarians. Yeah, I don't follow all the drama that much. Loser brigade, you know whatever. I, I yeah, don't. right, right, right. All those different names for these people and shit like that. You get Reed it. calls them the bitch fuck cucks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. I like. Okay, so we'll go with the bitch fuck cucks. They are the product. The bitch fuck cucks come from the Coctopus. They are direct descendant of the Coctopus and Cato and all that bullshit. And that's exactly the, the warning that Konkin is throwing out here. Yeah. Do we not want to convert multimillionaires? Do we not think that money is important in advancing the movement? This is the same shit people still do today. You're like, 
I mean, Same obviously shit. you can swap out the thing. It's like, which no, is, which no is, one's saying that. <laughs> but <laughs> like, but like, honestly, it's like, it's the exact opposite. We're saying that money is important to the movement because like you can't allocate resources through, through the political means. You can only allocate resources through the economic means. So if you want, if you want a group of ideologues, let's say a gorse in this example to like, like acquire more and more money and more resources, you would encourage them to engage in entrepreneurship, right? Which is what we're doing. You wouldn't encourage them to go knocking door to door and canvassing neighborhoods and working phone banks. That doesn't make any sense. So it's like, they're the ones who are rejecting money in the movement. We're the ones who are embracing it. So I mean, it just makes no sense, but sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And I mean, to, to, I mean, obviously Rothbard's already going down this road, but it's kind of like, okay, like, I get it. There is something easy. It's an easy answer. Just go immediately LP. But there are a million things. I could probably come off the top of my head, like probably 10 things that I could probably say if I had a limited amount of money that I could just put money into that was not political party related whatsoever that would advance liberty in some shape, form or fashion. And it's like, if anything, this is almost like you're saying, should I dump a shitload of money in this one thing or a little bit less money in multiple things that, uh, you know, like, what would have been a better investment, um, like in putting your money to Bitcoin or giving it to um, like the Bill Barr campaign in 2008 or something like that? Like, mm-hmm. hello, like wake the fuck up, people. Like, would it have been better for for me to invest my money in starting a website like 3 Printer Go Burn to start like a business? Or should I have given my money instead to Gary Well to fight gun control? Like, what's, what's more effective here? It's just like... The answer is so obvious to me. I don't even know where these ANCAPs are coming from sometimes. Yeah. So it is surely grotesque to send our million, a multi-millionaire packing. Uh, obviously, we should welcome his contri- contributions to the cause and hope for as much as possible. Okay, which, I mean, we do. Uh, just- which, which, yeah, but see, what Rothbard is talking about is he wants as many contributions into the party arc's pockets. That's the problem with the LP is that and again, Rothbard has, I learned this from reading Rothbard in other places, but he's essentially pointed out that like these parties form a bureaucracy, which, which eventually they, they end up taking in just enough money to keep themselves going. And I'm going to get, everybody's going to get mad here, but look at Michael Heiss, right? Quit his job, man. Quit his job. Living, living off those $25 donations. It's like, what are you guys doing? You're keeping these these party arcs uh, uh, living off your teat rather than um, engaging in counter economics. It just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, do, do, do. Uh, by the way, I met my, uh, Heiss in person. He's actually a really nice guy. I'm sure he's a nice dude. I mean, I can totally get where he's coming from if you buy into it. Taking, but I'm I mean, sure I, he's a great dude, and I don't think yeah. that like any of these party people. I don't think that they under that they like are like bad people. Yeah. I don't think they're out like, oh, I'm going to scam these these party no, members these out guys, of their yeah. money. But I think that that's what ends up happening. If you like, you know, it's like the same thing we say about laws shouldn't be judged by their intent. They should be judged by their outcome. It's the same thing with, with you know, uh, all other behavior, including political behavior. Well, it's kind of like, a, and maybe I might get a little trouble for this. I know uh, Vin Armani or Cyprian or whatever a while back. And I will say, I will fully admit he did go a little too far in some things he was saying. But a lot of things that one of the things people grabbed onto is at one point he said something about uh, essentially a lot of these like party people being predators, and he was, and a lot of people jumped on that like and, and to be fair there's a point because it, it kind of implies intentionality, but but I think if you if you really 
if you steel man, what he's saying in some sense, he was saying in effect, you're becoming a predator because yeah. And obviously this is accepting the agoristic worldview of being like, you're kind of wasting your time, whatever. Like it, it is essentially, I guess, sort of predatory in a sense of your time, money, uh, what have you. So I will say though, once again, I will totally say he did go too far in other senses. Cause I, th- I remember Matt Erickson, I think did try to pull him back a little bit and like, and, and he did then go further and be like, I don't remember. I don't remember the exact details, but he did, did really go into character attack. But the, the point about that, there was something to that. And a lot of people jumped in that one specific point. And I'm like, you really can't understand that. Like, say, for example, you could make the point with your ideological opponents. You could say the same exact thing, uh, even if you do believe they're true believers. They're still they're still wasting their time, whatever, in effect or whatever, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the whole incident, but I mean, I, you know, by and large, I think I know. I'm, I sort of agree. I, I think that like these, especially the people at the top, the ones who live off of, off of your your donations, yeah, those are the ones you got to watch out for. Yeah, but <clears> once <throat> again, to be very clear, I don't, I don't know if any of these guys I would say intentionally are trying to screw over people. I think they all, I think most of these guys are true believers. I don't, oh, they so. think that, yeah, yeah, right. No, for sure. They think that what they're doing is, is good and righteous and stuff. But at the end of the day, they're doing nothing. They're treading water. They're taking in your donations. They're paying their rent and they're just, you know, doing like a little nine to five. Maybe they're working like a few hours on like, you know, trying to like promote somebody's candidacy or some other bullshit operation that does absolutely nothing. You're better off taking that money, investing it in a side hustle, become an entrepreneur, start a business, buy cryptocurrency, become your own bank, get a 3D printer, grow your own food, buy a plot of land, homestead, raise chickens, do something, engage in the counter economy in some way possible. It's a much better way to spend your money than politically. It'll get you much, much further, and it'll also get the, the, the movement much, much further. Yeah, a lot of people always uh, think of the big dogs and like, oh, look how many people they reach. And there is something to that. I mean, those people do reach a lot of people. And that, and there is definitely something to being involved in politics extends that reach in some extent. But a lot of people don't think about all the people at the bottom. Like, what are these people at the bottom? The guys knocking on doors, the large amount of people. And what are they – like, what – what are, they're knocking on doors. They're making phone calls. They're <clears throat> like – they're you're, they're – they're spending their money. They're doing like, what, what are they like? Wouldn't it make more sense? Wouldn't it be better if we had a group of people bettering themselves? Right. Like if if everybody did that that, and if everybody bettered themselves in the world, we we would already be where we're at instead of like the, like the alternative strategies to convince everybody to be rough partians. Like, are you crazy? It's not going to happen. You know what I mean? To correct it. You said everybody. And I know, I just want to point out because everyone will immediately latch onto that and they'll they'll straw man it and be like, oh well, not everybody's gonna do what you say. I'm like, okay, but the more people, the better, motherfucker. Right, right? exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. So like, no one's like, I, I hate that critique, even of others, because people will do that with other things. They'll do like post libertarians or even ancaps, and you're like, right, it's the biggest straw man. And the funny thing is, that each one of these groups will do it to each other, and you're like, well, not everyone's gonna do that, and you're like. <laughs> like right. no one's saying in order for this to work that everyone has to do it like i don't think any of these these different groups i don't think i've actually met in a legitimate any sort of movement that's like everyone has to fucking do this and you're like what <laughs> for sure for sure we just need no, enough. yeah <laughs> yeah or more not, not even necessarily enough just more people so all right obviously we should welcome his contributions to the cause and hope for as much as possible okay so you're a multi-millionaire convert to libertarianism libertarianism to whom or what should you give your money 
Now, this is a, a considerable responsibility. And since no one can be omniscient, our multimillionaire is bound to make mistakes along the way. But all we can ask of him ourselves is to do the best he can according to his knowledge. Uh, okay, to be fair, I guess we did go on him a little bit, and he kind of backed it up a little bit there uh, in some sense um, or framed it a little bit differently. Uh, the multimillionaire therefore deserves our approbation, our welcome to the cause. Instead, what he inevitably gets – okay, I want to say right there – I do agree with that. You should be welcoming, but it should, I guess maybe he's sort of characterizing that we're being crass when we're saying don't do that. If anything, really, I'm actually a very much a proponent of, you know, learning how to interact with individuals and you should uh, maybe if you are on a personal basis with this individual, be like, Hey, well, you know, maybe don't invest there. Maybe invest here. Maybe do this. Like, yeah, See, try like to politely steer them, you know? But like what Rothbard is doing here is akin to <clears throat> he's essentially excuse me he's essentially virtue signaling to other libertarians. He's saying, "Hey, the multimillionaire deserves our our welcome to the cause." It's like, of course, no shit. Every libertarian believes that. Nobody's saying otherwise. It's like he's almost sort of like virtue signaling to the liberty community to draw them in on his side. <clears throat> Again, it's a straw man. We never said that they shouldn't be. We're saying the opposite. We're the ones saying that libertarians should be rich and, and <clears throat> rich entrepreneurs. Read Konkin's um, Kent Economics Back Alley to the Stars. Check out um, uh, uh, the last section in Anti-Politics where I go through all of the successful entrepreneurs in counter-economic history who made tons of money like doing this shit. So it's like we're not against making money. We're the ones who are for multimillionaires. We're the ones welcome, welcoming them to the cause. Yeah. Uh, instead, what he inevitably gets, human nature being what it is, will be complaints and attacks without cease. For if A, B, and C, people or institutions, receive his largesse, this inevitably leaves D, E, and F out in the cold. And whether through envy and or righteous indignation at the wrong path taken, D, E, and F will no doubt yell bloody murder. To us poor folk, it might seem absurd to say that the life of a, million, a multimillionaire is hard and thankless, but it seems clear this is an important point for us to remember. But there is more to be said. The critics of the multimillionaire might say, okay, it's great that he's giving all that money to the cause, but why does he have to control everything? But here again, you are the multimillionaire, and you want to do the best you can for liberty with the money you give out. Wouldn't you want to have control over how your own money is spent? Hell yes. You'd have to be an idiot not to, and also not care too much either about money or the libertarian cause. There are a few multi-millionaires who are idiots. Um, so, <clears throat> so, so, like, notice how, um, and this is just like Rothbard is going against his own teachings. It just doesn't make any sense. Notice how he's saying how um, the Koch brothers are right to act in their own interest um, and pursue their own interests. Whereas in the market, what we're talking about in, in, in entrepreneurship, in, in the voluntary exchange, you have to provide value for other people, right? It's like it's the exact opposite. So it's like in the market, if you don't provide value for somebody else, you're done. What Rothbard is saying is that the Koch brothers have to provide value for themselves and themselves alone. And that is really – he's really getting to the heart. He doesn't realize it, but he's cutting to the heart of the difference between anarcho-capitalism and agorism, which is essentially that. I would say uh, to that 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 aspect aside, I don't necessarily disagree with the idea that if a rich person or whatever <clears throat> does, you know, 
give a huge and overwhelming amount of money or and want some sort of control of an organization or is it some sort of large investor or whatever, what given thing that it would be wrong necessarily for them in return to ask for some sort of control or obviously it would then be on the other party to agree or disagree. But the problem is no, I, I don't think I mean, maybe Konkin is disagreeing with that, but I don't think Konkin would disagree with that either. He would probably say like, yeah, that's not what I'm getting at. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with him wanting to have control. Exactly. What I'm saying is the thing that he's controlling and he is in the, the very nature of this beast. Exactly. And, you know, like, and we're not talking works. about we're not talking about a charity. Like this isn't like a donation to like some charity where you're gonna donate like ten million dollars to a little charity. So of course you're gonna pick the director and you're gonna, you know, pick out the furniture and stuff, you're paying for it. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a political organization here that, that is, is centered on, on coercion and the initiation of force on otherwise peaceful people. But how about the Kokian monopoly? Here, Mr. Konkin should have fallen back on his Austrian economics. Should that only one form, firm is producing, or suppose that only one firm is producing aluminum, or as the British say, aluminium. Should we start yelling at it for being a monopoly, or should we hope for more firms to enter the industry? Should we start yelling at it for being a monopoly? Uh, you have anything for that? I don't, I don't know because uh, I feel like there's something there. I'm just trying to think of a thought. No, <clears throat> I think he's just setting up. He's just setting up the argument still. Yeah, I mean, okay, clearly the latter. Unless the monopolist is using the state to keep other competitors out. I mean, wouldn't. I mean, maybe I'm not controlling this correctly, but to some extent, I guess you could make an argument when it comes to political parties. That is the case. I mean, but okay. Anyways, uh, which of course Mr. Koch is not doing. Quite the contrary. Koch would be delighted to find other multimillionaires converted to liberty and giving money to the movement. As would we all. So the answer to the problem of the Koch monopoly is to find a dozen more multimillionaire libertarians. It, it is grossly unfair and fallacious to put the blame on the monopolist for this his situation. Um, okay. So, so he's eventually, he's essentially saying that like, well, yeah. <clears throat> Hey, just because the Koch brothers are donating all this money to the LP, like, you know, the solution is to find other rich people to donate money to the LP, not to tell them to divest themselves from the party. Mm. Um, again, it's like, it's like very hypocritical here. Like, um, you know, he, he's, he's applying economic concepts like monopoly to political institutions, which doesn't, it doesn't translate over very well. No, yeah. Um, but you know, in a sense, he's not wrong. And I, I agree that yeah. if the Koch brothers are going to donate all the money to the LP, of course they want to control the LP. This is the nature yeah. of a political party. And what Compton does or what Rothbard doesn't understand is that that is the objection. Yeah. Right. It's not that, the Koch brothers are, are, are misusing their, their monopoly or, or something like that, or if they have attained a malevolent monopoly, it's the fact that you can have a monopoly in something yeah. like this. You can't have that in the market, and Rothbard knows that. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that last sentence is grossly unfair and fallacious but the blame on a monopolist. <clears throat> I actually agree with that, uh, like you kind of implied there a little bit. Uh, yeah. I, I think maybe, to be fair to Rothbard, maybe I feel like he's kind of missing the point, but that uh, there may... I can kind of understand maybe where he's missing the point because Konkin did go hard as fuck on co on Coke, but I think there's something to because he did shit on Coke a lot, but 
I think if you were to ask Konkin, the issue isn't necessarily the character of the individual controlling it or whatever. It's the, the it's the the aspect of what he's controlling and so on, and just the exactly. nature of how this works. Um, but yeah, so but, but yeah, like, he did he did kind like, of shit on him hard. So I get that. It just so happens Cock was also a cocksucker too. So right, <laughs> right, exactly. But like the thing is though, like remember though, like historically speaking, at the time, the I think it was David Coke. Or Charles Cook, one of those, one of them were running at, for like president or vice president as the LP nominee. They'd essentially purchase their way to the top ticket, and and, and that's what. And like, so you have to understand the context for Rothbard as the agorist at the time. He has to toe the anti-party line. Here you have a man who's bought the entire party. He's bought the nomination. He's bought the delegates. He's paid for everything. So what? Of course, Rothbard is going to say, "Hello, guys." What are you doing? You're you're turning into the very thing that you're that you're supposed to stop, which is this like corporate monopolistic like crony takeover. You've become that very thing, and that's that's like the the central point to the agorist um, complaint about political participation. So of course, like he's right to go after them, one hundred percent right. All right. I submit that Konkin has been egregiously unfair to to Charles Koch, uh, Coke, whatever. Uh, the only legit- Charles Cock. I never know it's cock or coke. It's coke, it's right? Coke, but it's coke, but it's probably supposed to be cock. They just want everybody to call it co- cock right. or some shit so they don't get in trouble. <laughs> they don't sound like idiots. Yeah. The well, only- they're dead now, I think. I'm just going to start calling them cock. I, th- I think one of them might still be alive. I don't know. Um, okay. uh, the only legitimate criticism of cock is not the existence of the cocktopus. See, cocktopus sounds better than cocktopus, too, right? Doesn't it? I don't know. Yeah, Coke sounds weird to me. I prefer to call them the the, the Koch brothers, honestly. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's where it throws me off. I know Coke, but then then Coke Coke gets in my mind. And they pronounce Coke-tipus it Coke. Is, but Coke does Coke sounds wonky to me. Coctopus sounds correct. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but as I said, maybe maybe Conkin was pr- pronouncing it Coke. Like I I could see that. Uh, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Uh, uh, but if the said octopus takes a wrong or misguided track within Conkin's anti-party perspective, for example, it's perfectly legitimate for him to criticize Cox's tie-in with the Libertarian Party, but not the existence of Cox's largesse per se. In many of Conkin's writings, however, one of the one has the impression that simply the receipt of a grant or the taking of a job with Cox is evil per se or indeed the taking of any steady job whatsoever, pace Konkin on wage work. But while there is nothing at all immoral or illegitimate by the existence of a Konkin monopoly in the movement, it does pose grave sociological problems. For if one man or organization constitutes or controls the entire movement, then any mistake of ideology, strategy, or tactics he or it may make will have grave consequences for the entire movement. All right, cool. I mean, this is the kind of finishing part of this. He's kind of getting it yeah. together a little bit here because it's like, I mean, we've been saying, yeah, which is like, okay, yeah, I, all right, all right, I guess I'll go on a little, little, little rant. It's kind of thought like, all right, the issue isn't necessarily, I feel like that the, I, the aspect of the, the coctopus kind of only further illuminates the issue of a political party. Like, now, because he kind of pointed out the idea that if we had a bunch more millionaires, it would be different. It would, you wouldn't be able to point out the monopolistic aspect. But, I mean, this is a whole centralized, decentralized thing. Like, here is this political movement, this political party, and it's very centralized in how it interacts and, you know, how it 
how it uh, how am I trying to say how it operates. Um, you know, and that's kind of how political parties work over time. They centralize power. Just, you know, this is how cent- right. uh, political parties and political institutions in general work. They centralize power. Um, and, but the, the aspect of one large benefactor being the kind of controlling in, in, thing in it, just all it does is further illuminates this problem. If you had multiple more millionaires, you'd still have this issue. It just wouldn't be as apparent. So, right, the, right. so the, I or, think, that, or even an, an even bigger problem because you yeah, would just maybe. have like multiple, like uh, multiples, like uh, of these. Yeah, and then it's also like I say, it illuminates it, and having multiple, it kind of makes it may actually, like you said, make the problem worse but less apparent because right. you know these 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 now instead of one person acting on is it's it's kind of the difference you know with with Hoppe, the difference between like a monarchy and a democracy. It's like one person or, or a multitude or whatever. Obviously not a perfect one for one, but to kind of illustrate a point, um, you know, instead of one person that has like all the responsibility to some extent that, you know, has more of the reins of power. Now you have multiple people that even still are probably going to kind of operate as a unit to some extent, like, yeah, there may be some dissenters, but you know, so whatever. Um, do, 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 do. But yeah, I, I think, I think you get the idea of what I was saying. If a small organization makes a mistake, however, the consequences are not so catastrophic. Here is a real problem, which is impossible to see how to cure, short of finding a dozen more people like Coke. Okay, here's okay to for the entire movement. Okay, I feel like he did a little bit of bait and switch there, because he goes, "Oh, we'll have grave consequences for the entire movement," and then he swaps over to a small organization. Like this is kind of the problem. Like he's kind of making it out that like, oh well, the issue is the size. I guess it is kind of to some extent sort of true, uh, but it's the I, the aspect of that's a political. All right, no, I, I lost my point. I don't, uh, but I don't know if you you have anything to add there. No, I, 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 I had a I point that, that I lost it. <laughs> no, no, I, I think he's just again he's like sort of just um, he's saying exactly what we were talking about before. Like he, like his solution is to have more Koch brothers. It's like his like. It's just and like again, like we'll, we'll see in a second how he like. It doesn't really make any sense what he's saying here. Yeah, here is a real problem, which it is impossible to see how to cure, short of finding a dozen more people like Coke or Cock. How surely Conkin's putative solution of Cock disappearing from the libertarian scene is a remedy far worse disease. That's way funnier saying it is Cock. Um, the only thing I can think of is trying to persuade Cock to set up competing institutions in the movement such as corporations often set up competing profit centers within their own organization. To some extent, this is already being done as in the case of such an estimable institution as the Council for a Competitive Economy. So we can see, so we, we know from history that the Council for a Competitive Economy didn't do shit for the Libertarian Party. There was no such thing as like <clears throat> intra-organizational competition. That never happens because it isn't a friggin' for-profit business. Like, what's Rothbard talking about? He knows this shit. He knows it. I know that he knows it because I learned it from him. So what is he talking about here? It doesn't even make any sense what he's trying to say. How could a political party have a profit motive? It doesn't make any sense. How could the intra-organizational parts of a political party have a profit motive? Like, what is he talking about? It's like the only way that they can have, have, have any sort of profit is through, like, coercion. It just doesn't make any sense what he's talking about. It just doesn't add up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I guess that I mean, I'm assuming by the way that uh Rothbard's writing, this is the point he was LP affiliated, so that would make uh, oh, yeah, <clears throat> Rothbard was affiliated up until like the early 90s when Hop yeah. like sort of pulled him away, 
Yeah, which, I mean, I guess that may be to some extent what's going on here. There's a little bit of a confirmation bias to some extent. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying always, he's being dishonest, but you know, like this. I've always wondered, um, you know, like it's sort of odd to me that he wasn't able to accept this, but he was able to accept like, um, like hops when Hop had a new theory, like argumentation ethics. Rothbard was like, Yeah, two thumbs up, it's great. But when Tonkin has a new theory, he's like, Oh no, it doesn't make any sense. But really, Konkin's contribution was much greater than argumentation ethics. I mean, I, I'm not necessarily going to agree or disagree with that. I'd have to think on that one. Uh, I also, honestly, even then, even now, I still struggle with grasping argumentation ethics. So maybe that actually kind of lends to your point. So, like, like well, hey, look, I'm not going to. I think I think argumentation ethics is is absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's friggin', it's you know, it's it's absolutely genius. The whole the whole argument, but um, it's essentially proving something that was already proven. We already we already knew natural law was valid and just by the way Rothbard would justify it. You know what I mean? Roth so like yeah, it's almost like sort of redundant. I, and not to go down a rabbit hole, but I actually have to disagree with you there. I think that the think I think Hoppe actually did a good job at kind of uh, sealing the cracks or the spots that didn't quite connect. He kind of he kind of brought it full circle, if you will. I he did. I I, I'm not, I don't disagree with that, but my point is though, it's like um, he didn't provide any new information. Really, he, he provided a new proof of an old theory, whereas Konkin completely revolutionized his science. He did like an Albert Einstein to your Newton. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't just another one, like in the, like a line of thinkers. He was like a revolutionary uh, uh, thinker. Yeah, I guess I would say in a sense, maybe uh, I guess it's kind of comparing apples and oranges because their contributions were different. They had different contributions, but yeah, I, I get your point. Uh, not to yeah. go into rabbit hole. I'm just saying, <clears throat> I guess he had uh, Hop had more of like a philosophical. Uh, contribution, and whereas I think uh, Konkin probably more of a praxeological uh, or, or you know contribution. Um, but all right, let's move on to the problem of the Libertarian Party. Let's see if we can knock out this. Much of the Konkinian critique of the LP is conflated with is has been conflated with tax on an organization and on monopoly per se. Uh, and I think I have shown that all these criticisms are either fallacious or miss the point. The main point being that these institutions are voluntary and are worth the problems they inevitably bring, at least to those who participate in them. None of these institutions are unlibertarian, and the difficulties they bring in their wake are the problems of life. I would say real quick, something being voluntar voluntary does not necessarily mean it's beneficial. Something being whether or not it's unlibertarian does not mean it's beneficial. And yeah, that, that's that's all I've say. So like, I mean, obviously you can disagree. Or dis I, I know you may probably quibble about the whether it's unlibertarian or not. I would say, I mean, like, I don't really even care to argue it because it's kind of beside the point. Like, uh, like, right? Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. No, I agree with you. It's, it doesn't it, whether it is or isn't. I mean, I don't think it is. But whether it is or isn't isn't going to get us anywhere. Yeah, like, who gives a fuck? Like cool right. yeah right <laughs> like, exactly like shitting in this pot is libertarian cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. it's perfectly voluntary You're like okay cool bud <laughs> good for you <laughs> um we turn to conkins beta noir i don't even know if i can say that the libertarian party there are two important questions to be resolved about lp is it evil per se and yes. assuming it isn't is it illegitimate is it a legitimate or even necessary strategy for libertarians to adopt? 
I, no. I, I kind of alluded to that before with number one. I normally just don't even bother going into that because it's like you can I feel like that's like a goes down a weird spiraling quagmire and it kind of is like okay. And I'm also we've talked before. I'm I'm more of the egoist perspective. So it's like if you're like it's immoral, I'm kinda like, okay. <laughs> the, see, the morals see, are very see, subjective for me so. see the thing is though see the way i i've always preferred the moral argument so there's always so in politics there's always two arguments there's a moral argument there's a pragmatic argument for me the moral argument is you always start with the moral argument because it's stronger so if you can prove that something is immoral that that it's wrong to do it per se then whether it's pragmatic or not th that whole conversation can just be put aside no one has the right to do something that's wrong, <clears throat> which is why I always start there. And you, you've, you know, my my one liner here is that no one has the right to impose a master on the unwilling, and that's mm -hmm. exactly what the it's a whole point of the Libertarian Party. Yeah, uh, I had something to say, but I forgot. All right, we'll move on. I'm going to assume for the moment that a Libertarian political party, or for that matter, other forms of political action such as lo lobbying, are not evil per se. Which is bribery lobbying, but yeah. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think bro lobbying is actually where I'm like I I me personally, I will say when it comes to lobbying, I don't necessarily have an issue with it. Whether or not it's 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 an agorist thing, okay. If that makes me not an agorist, I guess I'm not an agorist. But uh, it is kind of like yeah, it's bribery. It, it would be kind of like bribing a cop to me. Like I, I don't necessarily have an issue with that. Well, well, paying so. a paying a politician off under the table yeah. is one thing, but but paying them for political favor is is different. Like okay. lobbyists are paying them to initiate coercion so that they gain some sort of benefit. Like when GM lobbies to you know put a tariff on Toyota or some shit like that. That there's nothing libertarian or agorist about that. But if you're paying off you know, the local, you know, mayor so that you can get your gun permits or some shit like that. And yeah, absolutely have at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, so it's like, but my point being is I, I would be saying that if you're paying them to take off the tariff in a lobbying type sense, uh, right. now if you're, if you're, if you're yeah. utilizing lobbying to uh, attack your enemies or your ideological or political enemies yeah it's a way different thing you're like okay, okay yeah that's, you know but now if you're using it to like pull back things i mean whatever i mean you're just paying there's no money in pulling back though there's, yeah. there's no lobbyist for for reducing yeah. government because there's no money in it yeah but now I mean? if, but now if a charles a cock came along and was like hey i want to use all this money you're like hey why don't you pay off these motherfuckers to lower taxes or, or well, now you see now you start to sound like um andrew from popular liberty you know well, I mean, I, mean? Which, I I just I agree with him there. So on that, yeah, aspect. I know, and I I've often said that if I wasn't an agorist, you know, I would probably be trying that out because that's as close yeah. as you can get to sort of underhandedly paying off these bastards. I mean, I would say though, uh, to bring it back to like an agorist type thing, I I mean, for <clears> one, there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of pre-existing things you already have to have in place for that to even be a tenable like uh strategy so it's like oh, like i said sure. like i even said yeah. th this would this would apply to the coke brothers like that we just brought up right like, that's why i use them as an example like okay sure like because i know uh, i guess maybe i might be getting a little bit wrong but some of i think what kind of like the popularity post-libertarian guys are kind of getting at is like grouping up and kind of like uh as a group kind of doing so some shit like that and I'm like, okay, uh, but at that point, it's kind of like, well, I mean, sure, maybe, but I feel like Look, there might be better the thing, uses like, of your time. Like, okay, 
you know, real quick, and I don't want to change the subject, but real quick, yeah. just to be like, the way I've seen it is politicians are, we know that they're very susceptible to being bribed. They love being bribed. We know that because Goldman Sachs does it all the time. Yeah. Uh, Boeing, Honeywell, Raytheon, they bribe these politicians all the time. Mm -hmm. So, hey, maybe Andrew's right. Maybe they, they will accept bribes in favor of, like, you know, reducing the toll on the highway or some shit. I don't know. But as far as, as, far as I'm concerned, I'm just not going to pay the toll. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah, cool. If you guys want to group up and do that, cool. I mean, I would just at that point be kind of like, it just seems like a whole lot of uh, hullabaloo over like. Right. Like, okay, I, I mean, sure. It's more. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're right. Cool. If that's what you want to do, I guess I'd prefer that than like going to go do the LP or whatever. Right. Um, exactly. But if that is true, then all of Konkin's running arguments about the LP's hierarchical nature, its power struggles, faction fighting, et cetera, are no more than problems inherent in all organizations whatsoever. And this we have already disposed of. Uh, I don't know. Conker may actually agree with that, but it's like the point is that, but we're talking about a political institution. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, okay. And Rothbard like, knows this shit. I don't know what he's <laughs> like, what's going on? He knows this shit. Like, yes. Okay. 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 Sure. Yes. These are things in, in, in organizations. Yes. But the problem is that this is a political organization. Like that's right. That's like, the distinguishing factor here. <laughs> the painting company down the street isn't trying to tax me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Yes. So economically, yeah, like it kind of you get at the the it's yeah, there's a profit motive. I don't care like, about their hierarchical yeah. structure at Benjamin Moore, right? I yeah. care about the hierarchical structure of the people who are trying to rob me, you know. Yes. More important, I see no other conceivable strategy for the achievement of liberty than political action. Okay. Um I mean, you know, obviously this has never worked. We've been trying political action for you know thousands of years but this is the only solution you could see even though there's never actually been a solution i gotta say though even if you do believe in political action as a tenable uh way to move the needle in any way shape or form that line right there okay i mean there, this is the first line of the paragraph so maybe he's being extra bold here i'll give him the benefit of the doubt maybe he'll back it up a little bit if you only have that sentence isolated it's fucking retarded like like even the most most people who are politically uh, indiv political individuals would probably say that like yeah you can achieve liberty other ways there are other ways to go about this There's, no I don't feel I feel like anyone's saying that only political action or, or whatever like so here, so, so I'm gonna disagree because I I firmly truly honestly believe that um, I can honestly say that I see no other conceivable strategy for the achievement of liberty than agorism and counter economics. I don't think that there's that there's any other way to get free that I know of. Maybe there is, but I don't know of any. Well, I mean, but the what I'm I'm speaking of is what Rothbard just said, which is the right. inverse of what you said. Because I right, feel like exactly. even even the most politically motivated individual out there, at least libertarian wise, like maybe not in other spots, would 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 actually be would dis if I just showed him that sentence, or if I just said oh, that yeah. sentence, they'd probably disagree with me. Be like, what are you talking about? There are there are plenty of other this ways, like. Like yeah, this is a this is one way to go about it. Is what most people would say. It's sort of like saying, um, it's like reading one of those old timey doctors. It's sort it's sort of like um, it's sort of like saying I see no other way to dispose of, of cancer than smoking cigarettes. It's mm -hmm. like I see no other way of getting rid of the flu than um, bleeding the patient. It's like you're doing nothing but making things worse here, man. Yeah. 
Well, I was I was kind of like giving him the benefit of the doubt. I was even like implying maybe political, maybe like I was even giving the assumption that maybe political action does help in some way, shape, or form. I don't agree with that, but let's let's say that's the case. To say that that there's no other conceivable strategy for the achievement of liberty than political action, okay. I mean, but once again, where this is the first sentence of the paragraph, there may be more to add to it. So, I'm, I may be being a little bit of a dick. It's just I'm. It's fresh in my mind. Um, Religious or philosophical conversion of each man and woman is simply not going to work. Uh, That strategy ignores the problem of power. The fact that millions of people have vested interest in statism are not likely to give it up. You know what? That's kind of funny. If I'm taking this sentence in in isolation, once again, like the previous one, yeah. Even even Rothbard is Rothbard's actually not on the same page according to these two sentences. He is not on the same page as the current LPMC because the, the argument they're making is messaging. I'm kind of actually a little bit uh, a little bit blown away here by these. Well, I mean, rough maybe, word. Again, I might see more, but even if you ask like the LPMC or any of the higher-ups, Heiss, Dave Smith, anyone, I don't think they would agree with those two sentences. Yeah, but see, like Rothbard never thought that the LP could possibly be a, ve- a vehicle for messaging. Yeah, they know that because I've told them that <clears throat> and they reject it anyway. Like they just um, they don't really have a response here. Rothbard wrote, go back to the 1972 issue, the Libertarian Forum. I included it, actually, the whole essay or, or most of it is in um, anti-politics where Rothbard goes through all of this. And he says that third parties cannot be a, a vehicle for messaging because whether we like it or not, the average citizen, the average American, still holds the political process near and dear to their hearts. So when some third-party candidate comes along and tries to upset the apple cart, they're, both they and their ideology along with them get written off as, as kooks. So it's like you're only doing a disservice to yourself. And like this is why third parties don't ever have any success with messaging. Um, I also think on top of what Rothbard's critique, I think he's right. But on top of that, I also think that it's rigged. I think that yeah. they, they don't want third parties. Like the game is rigged. Look at what happens when Gary Johnson meets the requirement for to be in the debates. They just yeah. raise the, the threshold higher so that he can't do messaging, right? It's, 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 it's like sitting down to play a game of cards and betting all your money when you know that you're being cheated ahead of time. Who would I play that I, game of cards? Yeah. The LPMC just... apparently. I just, I'm still like boiling over this in my head. Like, cause I, I knew he had said that, but I didn't realize he had said that while he was still involved with the Libertarian Party. Cause that would, be, I could see that him saying uh, that it's not good for messaging in the context of while he was no longer in it, but he's basically implying that same exact message here while he was still involved with it. So he's actually, from what I'm saying, maybe he'll, maybe something he'll say will kind of shift it a little bit. Uh, I, I don't see that so far. But he is basically saying, and he's not even saying like localism, like not even like a Hoppian strategy, anything. He's just straight up saying like political, like you, uh, acts like like uh, utilizing political power, essentially. Not not even like messaging. Like he's just he's literally saying like like I don't know fucking the the shit that the LPMC guys would laugh at. Like what do you think you're right. gonna fucking like vote a guy up there and we're gonna like I know like. <laughs> it- that shit, crazy shit. I know. Yeah, which is, I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised. I, I bet you most uh, people don't, aren't aware of this aspect of Rothbard. I'm kind of surprised. I'm a little, 
I mean, to be fair, it was a different time. You know, the, you know, the things were different. Maybe he was seeing, maybe he was, I, I don't know. It's... But Rothbard doesn't think, by the way, he doesn't think that this is true of the Republican Party. These critiques, as far as he's concerned, only apply to third parties. Mm -hmm. Huh. That is kind of weird. So he doesn't. What, what do you mean? Elaborate on that, if you will. So, like I said, in, that, in, in 1972, in that article in the Libertarian Forum, where he says all of this, he says that third parties can't be a vehicle for messaging for all the reasons I just said. What year did but you say? He, I'm sorry. This is 1972. So this is like okay. 10, 11 years before this, he wrote this. What What was his current? Because he is all over the place. Do you know where he, was, where he was at politically at that point? Was he still an LP guy? Or yeah, kind of, yeah, he was an LP okay. guy. He yeah, was an LP on. guy at the time, um, but because uh, that context well, matters, he, he shifted so much. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But what he's saying is like, hey, look, um, you know, maybe the paleo libertarians, um, you know, are are more adept at dealing with this. Maybe they don't have this problem that we have here um, about like being written off as kooks and stuff like that. Because people actually do respect the Republican Party; they consider it to be like a major political institution in America. Unlike the Libertarians or the Greens or the Socialists, <clears throat> he says that like if the Republican Party pushes a pro-liberty message, hey, maybe we will be taken seriously. So that 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 is sort of one of the things that, that like you know I disagree with here, but it ends up eventually forming you know the basis for Rothbard's later views. Yeah, I just I, don't know, I guess I could keep going on about this. I'm just kind of surprised. All right, violent revolution will not work in a democratic political system. Uh, which once again, I don't. I, I feel like that's. Uh, I guess you could. I guess it is. You could kind of say that an agorist revolution is a violent revolution, but I feel like that's kind of a framing it wrong in a sense. But I mean, uh, a Demo I mean, a democratic political system is inherently violent. Yeah. So. We know that revolutions have violent revolutions have occurred in democracies. So I, I think he's wrong, but I, I understand what he's saying that violence isn't the ideal strategy that libertarians should be taking. Yeah, yeah, I would actually hundred like I would agree with that sentence in uh, in a, a certain sense. sense. Yeah, Vi right. violent revolution will not work in a democratic political system. Now, if you're trying to say that like an agorist revolution, because I I would not characterize the ag what Konkin is uh, proposing as a violent revolution. No, I guess no. you could say technically it is because uh, like the last stage is like, hey, you guys got to stop fucking with us and we're going to go release the prisoners and all that shit. Like, yeah, okay, but that's, that, that's, that's, yeah, that's self-defense. That's not yeah. violence. You know? Exactly. <clears throat> so it's, I don't know. That's, I feel like it's, it's, but it's technically violent. So it's a little bit, I mean, technically, but I, that's not how I would characterize it. So, but yes, I would actually agree with that I don't. I don't agree with like when you say when, when what most people think of when they think of violent revolution. Yes, I agree that it does not work in a pol democrat political system. It's always going to take over. That's why I think the Boog Boy stuff is kind of silly. I mean, it's, yeah, it's funny. I like the aesthetic. It's there is right. some cool parts to it, but you know, I do like they some get of the. So mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> so mad those guys. Yeah, like okay, like, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, you guys will totally. You guys shut off the state and uh, that'll, uh, no state. <laughs> and remember when the remember the one dude tried to do it and like he just like got shot real quick. Like the <laughs> Leroy one Jenkins. I don't know, dude. Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> no, this dude put like all his gear on and like went out to, to do like a mass shooting and just got shot like immediately. I don't. In my head, I just imagine like a group of boog boys like planning it out and he just goes, Leroy Jenkins, charges <laughs> in. <laughs> The other problem with the book, by the way, while we're on the topic, is that 
the the FBI and the NSA, this is a dream come true for them. Oh, yeah. Because they're going to stage so many false flags and be like, hey, 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 look at these big boys. They're the ones doing it. These libertarians are crazy. They, they need to all be on watch lists. We need to call the NSA. We should... They can't have guns. Red flag all of them. That's how. That's how this shit happens. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Conkinian agorism is no answer, as I have shown above. Um, I will say though, real quick, real quick, and back off. <clears throat> I I can completely sympathize in, in the sense that it's cathartic. In a sense, the whole boog boy thing, and it's like there's something cool about like yeah, fuck these guys. Let's go. Just take it back. That, like, yeah, okay, that's the appeal. Like, Okay, like, but it's like, let's be a little bit smart here. Go ahead, like, yeah, yeah. Have, have a shootout with the National Guard. Let me know how that works out for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, there is something <laughs> to be said that, yeah, if we could get enough people that are all about anarchy or whatever, and we're like, hey, fuck less, these guys, yeah, yeah sure. But it's like, okay, but we're not there, so <laughs> right, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> like, it's kind of in some sense, kind of what agorism's describing, sort of, not quite, but. You know, like, okay, well, let's let's set the groundwork first. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, even then, he's not necessarily saying a boog at the end, but, you know. All right. Uh, education and liberty is, of course, vital, but is not enough. Action must be also taken to roll back the state, specifically to repeal state laws. Like How's that price, working out, Murray? Yeah. <laughs> like price control or the withholding tax, or even like marijuana laws. Despite their widespread non-enforcement, there are always some people who get cracked down on. Yeah, no one's disagreeing there. This is Especially, 40 years ago. This this book yeah. was written, and, and what he's talking about is hasn't been done. So that's yeah. the sort of progress that the LP is known for. But go ahead. But by the way, when it comes to repealing marijuana laws, we agorists did actually get it done, right? It, ha it happened through massive waves of non-compliance. The LP didn't nominate somebody for office and get them elected to change the law. We did it through disobedience yeah. and, and, and civil disobedience. Yeah. It just became an overwhelming thing to the point. They're just like, what, <clears throat> like, what's the even, what, what are we doing here? Like we, eventually, now we stupid. <laughs> exactly. That's the whole thing. Eventually so many people don't comply that they actually lose legitimacy that it's like, Hey, look, we have this law in place, but we're unable to enforce it. We just look like we're just like not even the government at this point. We look like idiots. We just look like a like a civic organization. That's yeah. the danger. That's what they can't have. Yeah, it's that same energy as like when uh, economic uh, improvement got to the point to where people no longer were really having to have their children work in the mines, and then and then lo and behold, the government goes, "Hey, uh, <laughs> guess what? You guys shouldn't fucking uh, obviously a little bit of an inverse here because they." Uh, made it illegal but they're like you know what? no more fucking child labor that's just bullshit and they're like okay well no one's really doing that anymore so i know <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. yeah like oh well, we don't really need to do that anymore well thanks <laughs> i guess <laughs> sort of <laughs> um it's a little bit the inverse there to where it's like you know they everyone was smoking weed and they're just like well look at us we're guess what we're gonna do for you fucking peons we're gonna make it legal aren't we so bad Aren't we such great benefactors? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, despite their widespread uh, non-enforcement, are there always some people who get cracked down on, especially if the police wish to frame them for other reasons? Tax rebels are admirable, but only in micro terms. The taxes are still there, and the wage earners pay them. Tax rebellion is not a strategy. A Can strategy I just stop you right, right, real quick right there? Yeah, because, like, he he. One page ago, he shit on on Konkin for talking about wage slavery, or two pages ago, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And here he's saying, 
that the wage earners are still going to pay taxes, even if they even if they try to avoid, even if they evade taxes, they're still be they're still paying taxes vis a vis their waging. I'm sorry, taxes still there, and the wage earners pay them. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's like it's like this guy is just he's just double talking himself now. Yeah, it's like okay, well, the taxes are still there, and the wage earners pay them. Well, we're implying not if they were agorist entrepreneurs, they wouldn't be paying those wage taxes. Yeah, and I get it. Yeah, it's not like everyone can just snap their fingers and no longer be a wage earner. No, like obviously, it's like it's it's a spectrum, uh, which I mean, we should be striving for that though. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, Tax rebellion is not a strategy for victory. Single issue lobbying groups uh, are fine and admirable, but they do not complete the job for two basic reasons: because they are single issue and therefore cannot educate anyone in libertarianism across the board, uh, and because they cannot do the vital job of repealing the status laws. I don't really get what that has to do with anything. He's but. right. So so here's the thing. So he's right, but again, he's contradicting himself, right? So you yeah. can't have a single issue organization that's going to successfully repeal a law. So in other words, like he's saying like, like a group like now um, isn't going to successfully repeal like, like cannabis prohibition, for example, right? But like why, Rothbard? Why? Because it's a fucking political entity. That's why. Like the same critique that you're drawing on these single issue political organizations can be said of the of the Libertarian Party. It's the, the, the same critique holds. So again, it's just like I don't understand how he how the master logician of all people, Rothbard, doesn't see all of the all of this fallacious uh, reasoning that he's employing here. Yeah. No. Okay. I actually, you know what? I, he was so off base there that I didn't even get what he was getting right. at for a second. Right. I was like, what? Like, why are we talking about single issue? Like it even <clears throat> made no sense. Like, I, right. why are you bringing this up? Why like, of course like, the NRA isn't going <laughs> to pass, isn't going to get us like, like yeah. gun rights. You know who will though? 3d printing entrepreneurs. Yeah. That's who will. Like at that point, he's like either he's either one being dishonest or two, just not even get what we're arguing for. And in I, fact, I don't, um, I don't get it. Look, in fact, single issue lobbying groups. One of them, he one of them he specifically cites is gold standard groups, right? They won't be able to do it. He freely admits they won't be able to do it. Well, this is again we have the we have the benefit of hindsight. This is thirty or forty years ago now. Uh, uh, in that time, um, Agoras did resolve it, not through single issue voters, but through entrepreneurship. Look at look at what Satoshi Nakamoto did. With Bitcoin, we did fix it. So, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding. And we see with the benefit of hindsight that Rothbard got all of this, all of these things completely and totally wrong. Yeah. No, I, I'm still, I, I'm still just can't even like wrap my head around why he is, he went to single issue. Like, that. like I legit was for a second while you're talking, I was still piecing together. Why the fuck is he talking about single issue groups? Like I don't even get it. Right. Like, right. <laughs> in what context is this is this relevant? <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah, but I, I get it once you pieced it together that it was like, oh, right. like but like some, how could he oppose this but not the LP? It doesn't make any yeah, sense. But a group and, but and, a but a large decentralized group, not even group, just a decentralized entity or 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 a shitload of people fucking uh, you know you know, essentially, you know, smoking weed or whatever, you know, for one, they're not, they're not a single issue group. They're not just doing one thing. They're also doing a bunch of other actions, but it's like, I don't know, or whatever. Right. I'm not going right. As, as, as if that's their only, as if that's their yeah. only aspect of their life. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Like, uh, okay, yeah, we're the weed smoking agorists, and here's the whatever <laughs> right. agorists. Like, okay. All we do is just smoke weed, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, whatever. All right, they can only urge the uh, repeal of the draft. For example, they cannot. Act, they can't actually do the repealing. Only the only the draftee can can do that. But again, yeah. sorry. Well, you know what I I you know what I can kind of see where he's coming from. Uh, he's if you're only thinking in first order uh, consequences, sure. But he, here's the thing: like we brought up, like you know. You know, when it comes to a bunch of people like breaking the law or whatever, say with weed, weed's a good example. Uh, like it was a second order effect. Like, yeah, people people could people could say that it wasn't agoristic for uh, weed to become legal or decriminalized or because the government did it. And you're like, okay, but why did they do it? Like that, that that's the point. Like, <clears throat> like what caused them to do that? What got them there? And th this is a kind of a point that a lot of people get at. There will be like. Uh, we'll kind of get it with agorism. And I, I try to point out sometimes that like by not engaging, it kind of has political effects. So by yeah. non-engagement, it causes them to react in certain ways. Absolutely. So it's, it's more of a sociological <laughs> thing. You're like, if I do this, what do they do? Um, and, and that's kind of what I'm, I'm getting at there where it's like, but yes, if you're only looking at first order effects and you're saying, well, the government did that. So therefore, you know, like blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but why do they really right. do it? Because these, this one group was advocating for it? Probably not. Like, like well, yes, the, the LP's been existed for forever, and they've been pushing for weed stuff. But was it really the LP that got right. weed? Like, no, never. Like, I'm they sure the LP thing. has claimed a lot of that those wins. Like, look at us, rah rah rah. But like, okay. <laughs> but like, also, also notice how he says here. Um, uh, uh, where the hell am I? Um, <clears throat> Okay, so he's talking about the draft, and he says that uh, um, they can't – sorry, I lost my – okay, so they can only urge the repeal of the draft. They can't actually do the repealing. Um, yes, that's what I was getting at. That's, that's, what, that's what sparked that thought in my head is what I just went on. Right, so um, – Yeah, we don't actually do it, but you create the – you create the environment that causes it. <laughs> so like an anti-draft organization, yes, they can't actually repeal the draft law. But guess what? Either can the Libertarian Party. The yeah. Libertarian Party can't can't repeal the draft. You know who can repeal the draft? The person who's being drafted. Look at Muhammad Ali, right? Look what he did. How And he wasn't prosecuted, by the way, right? He ended up being pardoned or something like that. Like he refused the draft. He didn't go. He just said, I'm not going. And he just didn't go. That was the end of it. And the what court was like, yeah, he's not going. No Vietnamese ever called me a nigger. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Some, I mean, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good point. Like, what the, you yeah. don't have fucking problems with these fucking dudes. I like, know. Why? Who cares? <laughs> it's, so. it's just, it's, it's, you know, again, Rothbard, the, the critique he's drawing against um, these single issue uh, uh, groups also apply to the Libertarian Party that he's trying to defend, but they don't apply to Agorists. Yeah. So, I, again, yeah. I just don't see the yeah. reasoning here. The LP can only urge the repeal of the draft, for example. They can't actually right. do the repeal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they can't even do the urging because they don't even get a seat at the table. At least, yeah. like, the single-issue groups like NOW or the NRA, at least the money that they take in, they can at least buy lobbyists or something like that. And, and, the and LP, then, they're, they're, going, yeah. they're spending money on conventions and shit. Yeah. And, and with the see the table uh, art th point you made at, uh, no matter what, the people that are actually being tr they're they're trying to control are essentially what like 
like they are above the seat of the table. Like you are literally right. the the thing they are trying to influence. So it's like <laughs> right. okay, yes, exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. All right. Of course, one if one believes. Uh, oh, should we? Why should we cut ourselves off from this necessary and vital step of doing the repealing? Because you're cut off whether you want to be or not. Uh, but anyways, of course, if one believes with at least in a third party aspect. Uh, but of course, if one believes Rob Bob LaFair that it is equally immoral to repeal as is imposed the draft, then the repeal of anything is out of the question. Uh, Which is this is by the way he's completely strawmaning Bob LaFay's position, but that's a whole other podcast episode. I mean, if I mean we're going to get into LaFay, so maybe that comes up. I don't know, probably not. But I mean, if that is LaFay's position, it's pretty retarded. Like even if you don't yeah, agree with not. political action, it's like okay, but we can we can uh, right. we can compare political actions. But anyways, but I will shout hosannas for any repeal of statism and do not concern myself with the coercion of those who'd like to keep the draft and are deprived of it. Before the existence of the LP, the only repealing could be done by de Democrats and Republicans before the existence. It's still the case, but okay. Uh, and so libertarians engage, engage in this form of political action had to try and find the more libertarian or rather less anti-libertarian candidate. Contrary to Conklin, there have been political parties in the past especially 18th and 19th centuries that while not anarchists were admirable, admirable forces for laissez-faire. Uh, okay. I mean, maybe. Okay. Sure. I mean, I mean, but you could make that, I mean, yeah, I know, the that's Confederates. So, I mean, that's so fucking vague. <clears throat> I mean, I don't maybe I don't know, whatever. Uh, I mean, you could say the same thing about their fucking conservatives I mean, I, I, or whatever, but all right, whatever. Uh, they didn't smash the state, not their intention anyway, but they did accomplish an enormous amount for liberty. They ushered in the Industrial Revolution, and we are all in their debt. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like that really, I don't know, maybe they're, he'd have to give specifics of that one because. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I know about political about parties. Like, mm -hmm. I think there were groups of people back in the day who definitely are responsible. No, no political party ushered in the Industrial Revolution. What is he talking about? He knows that. This is all done through like science and scientific and technological improvements. Yeah, that's a weird thing to say. They ushered. In that. <clears throat> what? Okay, whatever. No political um, party created the steam engine. I mean, what is, yeah. he, what, what is he talking about here? Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't. Or get the that. printing I mean, press. You know what I mean? I mean, like, if he's saying because they were laissez-faire, but why were they laissez-faire? I, I don't know. I, I think it was just because technological innovation got so far ahead of the 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 uh, fucking institution of predation that they couldn't keep up, and that's what the fucking twentieth century kind of became is the uh, predation trying to like you know desperately trying to grasp to keep up with the fucking right uh, like the nineteenth century like the boom that they had, and that's why fucking the twentieth century was so many fucking people died and how fucking awful it essentially was. Uh, because yes, essentially it was what followed the industrial revolution. But anyways, um, uh, I think of the, uh, democratic party in the U S <laughs> the liberal, <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the liberals in England, the, the progressives in Germany, etc. Uh, historically classical liberal political parties have accomplished far more for human liberty than any black markets. All right. That first one makes me laugh. Obviously I don't, to be fair to him, uh, and, and you know, I guess it's to be fair, but also kind of not to be fair because it kind of goes back and forth, and that's kind of the point. Uh, the first Democratic Party one made me giggle because it's a, uh, I mean, obviously in a modern context, that's fucking. Oh retarded. my god! I, I don't know what he's saying now, but you know what? Once again, to be fair to Con to Rothbard, ten years from now, 
it may be the complete opposite case. We may be like, you know what? Look how dope these fucking these Democrats yeah. are, and how <clears throat> these Republicans are, because that's just how this shit works. Like the you pendulum know, yeah. swings back and forth. But that's kind also that kind of goes against him a little bit. So <laughs> the second part is just is is also um, batshit crazy in my opinion because it's like, <clears throat> sure, um, yeah, I don't disagree that there are some classical liberal groups from like like antiquity and like the, like the Renaissance period and stuff that sort of did, did decent things that put us off in the right direction. But, um, tell, tell the person who just got smuggled out of North Korea, that the black markets, you know, that they're better off joining a, a classical liberal party. Tell the, the person who, uh, is dying from, um, uh, cause they can't get the right medicine. <clears throat> Um, that's like it's because it's the FDA won't approve it, so they have to get it from the black market. Tell them that they were better off voting for the classical liberal candidate for Congress than they are engaging the black market. It makes no sense what Rothbard is talking about here. But empirically, of course, neither major party at this point is worth a damn, and so a libertarian party provides a welcome alternative of actually permitting us to engage in libertarian political action. You know, all right, you know, what I didn't even think of. I, I do want to say this because we I feel like I've been harsh on Rothbard, but I also need to to point out that this was probably in line. I don't remember when the Libertarian Party came about, but I know Rothbard was essentially one of the essentially creators of it. And so this this was very early in the creation of the Libertarian Party to some extent. It was at least within 20 years of it. <clears throat> so uh, do you remember when it was created? Yeah, so it's actually a funny story. You know who created the Libertarian Party? Sam Konkin. He started the Libertarian Party. This is all true. You can look it up. He founded it as a joke. It, 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 it's, its entire history started as a joke in California. Um, they thought it would be funny if they put um, like a Libertarian Party. Like it's a contradiction in terms. It was such a joke at the time that they thought it would be funny to just put one on the ballot as like a funny thing. It would be like um, entering like a, a, a cat into a dog show or something like that. It was like the same sort of humor. And <clears throat> it started in California as, as a joke by Sam Konkin and the agorists. And it actually spread and like, it became like a real fucking thing. And it's like, we created this monster. And like people don't understand this history that, that it actually started as a fucking joke. And now they dedicate their entire lives to it. I'm like, what's going on here? But it was, what was it, like the 70s, I think, when the, or maybe it was a little bit before that. Yeah, it was like, like, um, 72, I want to say. Okay. All right. That, or that's like the kind of point I'm like getting at. 71, 72. I, I want to say NLM was written in like the 90s. Maybe I'm wrong. So New it Libertarian was like, Manifesto? No, this yeah. was like um, late eighties. Late eighties. This might have been early eighties. Early eighties. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um. All right. Either way, uh, Libertarian Party hadn't existed for very long at this point. <clears throat> so we we can kind of we can kind of give Rothbard a little bit of leeway with being so bright eyed and bushy tailed about it because like we laugh now like it's so fucking retarded some of the shit he's saying. It's like okay, well it was pretty much in its infancy. So okay, like obviously he had high hopes for it. Didn't work out. <laughs> Ancaps, Ancaps talking with the Libertarian Party sound like me talking about um, the state before I found Rothbard. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like the same sort of lip service that I would that I would pay. Like I was a raging neoconservative lunatic, and like the same lip service I would pay to those 
like beliefs is the same the same lip service that the ancaps pay to the 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 party arcs yeah all right let's get moving we're gonna, we're gonna try to finish this in a reasonable time all right a libertarian party presents many difficulties for one thing there is the constant temptation to substitute numbers of votes for profits as a test of success and this means the dilution of principle to appeal to the lowest common denominator of voters yeah uh, this temptation has been yielded to with great enthusiasm by the Clark campaign. But the price of liberty is internal vigilance, never more so than in a libertarian political party. The LP needs continual self-criticism, and yes, Konkinian criticism as well. The price of liberty is eternal vigilance, never more so than a... Okay, all right, I don't want to go to a tangent on that one because I had a thought there, but we we'd go another tangent. Fortunately, it was an admirable platform. Now a struggle must get underway to get the party's candidates to stick to that platform. Sounds, sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, the struggle against opportunism is not going to be easy. It may not even be successful, but the LP is a valuable enough institution that the battle is worth it, which is why we need the radical the caucus. Mises caucus. The, oh, my it God. The changes. The you just radical caucus. The names, though. Oh my God! You, the radical caucus. Oh my God! I didn't. The realize... radical caucus was the Mises caucus back in the day. Oh my God! I didn't realize that. I don't know this history. Dude, this all this, this is just repeating itself. It just oh repeats my God. itself. Holy shit! That's rich. The, that explains so fucking much. The radical caucus <laughs> was the first Mises. They were the Mises caucus of the eighties. You know oh my mean? God! And they just it's became this weird, like fucking. I don't know. I, I mean. It just became this weird hodgepodge gelatinous mass of people who are radical or whatever the fuck they interpret that as. But okay, and and now it's gonna probably ten years from now be what it, this weird hodgepodge of whatever the fuck people think a Mises thing is, <laughs> like, and it, not it, really be a, this concise movement. Like they, they kind they of sort of are the friggin now. names, man. The the, <laughs> the 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 actors stay the same. The names the names change. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and one. <laughs> All right, that really that that that's that's interesting. I may have to look into that one more because I I did not know that's a great the radical caucus. All right, and why it needs libertarians who are educated in libertarian principles and are concerned to maintain them. One problem with this particular LP is that in a deep sense it was founded prematurely, before there were enough activists around it to make it work and to educate newcomers. The LP grew like topsy as a result, as very oddly for an ideological party. There are literally no institutions within the party except for the radical caucus engaged in, yeah, engage in education or discussion of principles or political is issues. The LP is one of the strangest ideological parties in history. It's an ideological party where most of its members display no interest whatever in either ideology or politics. Marxist groups generally don't found parties for a long time. First, they build pre-party formations, which gather the strength and the knowledge to launch a regular party. We had no such formation and are <laughs> suffering the consequences. But here the party is, and we have to make do with what we have. So the Libertarian Party is vital, if not necessary, to repealing statism. <laughs> and contrary to Konkin's, even now, even if you do buy into this shit, that sentence is silly. Like I feel like even if I was talked oh, to my LP, yeah. even if I was to talk to a lot of my LPMC friends, I feel like a lot of them would be like, "Vital." I don't know. That's a bit strong. <laughs> well, again, like you know, he's talking in like in the eighties, but like yeah. we have the benefit of hindsight, so we have like yes. forty years of history to look back on. They've done nothing 
to repeal statism. Zero. We are more statist than ever. So what is he talking about? It just hasn't worked out that way. In contrary to Conkin's suggested timetable of a millennium, a militant and abolitionist LP in control of Congress would wipe out all the laws overnight and they would all get fucking shot. <laughs> no, that isn't is that isn't a utopian fucking dream. I've never heard right? of one. As if the LP is gonna take over Congress. Like what was Rothbard smoking? This is yeah, that's ridiculous. Like really like really you can't think of anything that would I mean, yeah, once again, hindsight, like I one of the great things about the Trump phenomenon is it really did kind of put shit like this to bed. Because yeah. you're like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? But, but not for nothing, like, basic common sense should have put this to bed before Rothbard even wrote this down. Yeah, you say that, but then, like, there's something about actually seeing it where you're like, okay. like, right. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, that was a little silly. You know, if, 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 the, if the party's only 10 or ten or 12 years old, you're thinking to yourself, well, maybe yeah. it can work. Maybe, maybe you know, we, we're still young, you know. Yeah. But now it's like, obviously, hello. Well, a lot of people get crazy when I. A lot of people get upset with me when I tell my. I I, I, I did not want. I, I would not have wanted Ron Paul to get elected. I didn't. If he got elected, he probably would have fucking shot. And they probably yeah, would have found a way to spin it to fucking further their agenda. <laughs> like yeah. you know what I mean? Like it would be like, oh my god, look how awful this is. Oh fuck, and they'd make this whole big statism parade. Like oh my god, like you know what I mean? Like they'd find a way to make it fucking make it go the other way. Like, there's no way he's he would roll up in there. He'd fucking like repeal everything. He'd do all this shit. Like, they got tired yeah. of shooting them though. Like after Kennedy, <clears throat> the strategy has been not to shoot the bit, not to shoot the presidents. Now they just rig the election so that those guys don't even get in there. Yeah. Oh, do, 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 do. where am I? Fucking, I lost my place. It's uh, Cockpalu. Palu saying that was pronounced Coke. Thank you very much. It's actually the Cock brothers. It's Charlie yeah. Cock and David Cock from now on. <laughs> I, I like Cock better. Uh, someone... <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I reread that sentence. Maybe me giggle again. Uh, all that would be needed is the will. No other strategy for liberty can work. <laughs> I know. Oh I know. <laughs> It's and hard now, to even keep a straight face. That's how bad this is. Oh my uh, god! Uh, it's like watching like a libs of TikTok video. Yeah, kind of is. Like this, this is like, I don't. Maybe people get mad. But this is some L- L- Lolbert shit. Like, you know, oh, like, make bad. A lot of people like to make fun of Lolberts or whatever the fuck. I think that old, the Lolbert like thing, making fun of them, is kind of cringe, honestly, because it's like just even bringing up Lolberts. It's because it's kind of just becomes this like insult for anybody that you don't like but this kind of like this is like usually it's used to describe naive libertarians that have like weird stances or like don't really have nuance right. in their thinking this, this is, is some, this is a this is one of those weird fucking stances though <laughs> like 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 what's wrong with you like come on this is crazy <laughs> all right and yet all this pales before the most important problem. Is a libertarian party evil per se? Is voting evil per se? My answer is no. The state is a Moloch that surrounds us. I do like that. That's a cool fucking phrase. Uh, and it would be grotesque and literally impossible to function if we refused it. Our sanction or refused it our sanction across the board. Stays in Moloch that surrounds us. I, I really like that fucking phrase. It's dope. It's like super metal thing for fucking Rothbard to say. All right. I don't think I'm committing aggression when I walk on a government-owned and government-subsidized street. 
drive in a government-owned and subsidized highway or fly in a government-regulated airline. It would be participating in in aggression if I lobbied for these institutions to continue. I didn't ask for these institutions, damn it, and don't, and so don't consider myself responsible if I'm forced to use them. This is a straw man. When nobody's yeah. ever, you know, yeah, yeah. We, we never made this argument. But go ahead. Yeah. In the same way, if the state, for reasons of its own, allows us a periodic choice between two or more masters, I don't believe we are aggressors if we participate in order to vote ourselves more kindly masters or to vote in people who will abolish or repeal the oppression. Uh, I don't mean you disagree there. I actually. I kind of agree with that, like to some extent. I mean, I just more or less take the the, the approach that I don't think is going to work out for you, like you think it will. Like, right. cool. Like, yeah, you get to vote for your masters, but it's like at the end of the day, like, uh, all right, well, the masters are the one gonna... controlling the charade. So, how do you think this is going to work out? Like, do you think that <laughs> voting for you know, like you're, you can pick a new zoo master, you're still not going to get back to the jungle. You're still going to wind up in a cage. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. In you're picking your masters in this uh, fucking in this system that your masters created. Like, I, I mean, you're free to pick your slave master. It's like, yeah. oh, well, yeah. okay, huh? Okay, and who created this process? <laughs> right? Yeah, the slave master. Wait a minute. Yeah, like you, you think they had maybe a, a reason joke. to create this process? Like, okay, um, all right, but, 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 but in the same way, the state for reasons alone. Okay. In fact, I think that we owe it to our own liberty to use such opportunities to advance the cause. Let's put it this way. Suppose we were slaves in the Old South, and for some reason, each plantation had a system where the slaves were allowed to choose every four years between two alternative masters. You know, I just pointed that out. Okay, right. but who put that in place? Like, okay, you, right. maybe, maybe there's a little bit more to this than meets the eye. <laughs> it's like the uh, guy is still a slave regardless of the benevolence yeah. of the slave master. Well, even that aside, my point, and I guess this is the differentiation between me and you. I usually make the more pragmatic argument. It's kind of like, okay, yeah, all right, let's accept this reality of there's a system in which they allow you to pick it. Who created that system? <laughs> like, right, like, yeah. Who, who is this made to benefit? Do you think they did this just to benefit you? Like, uh, Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> like, uh, uh, all right. And, and if it somehow does start to benefit you to the point to where it starts to detract from them, what do you think they'll do about it? Like, how is this <laughs> yeah, gonna work? <laughs> that's not going to work out in your favor. Yeah. All right. Would it be evil in sanctioning slavery to participate in such a choice? Suppose one master was a monster who systematically tortured all the slaves, while the other one was kindly uh, enforced almost no work rules, freed one slave a year or whatever. It would seem to me not, on- not only not aggression to vote for the kindly master, but idiotic if we fail to do so. Of course, there might well be circumstances, say when both masters are similar, where the slaves would be better off uh, not voting in order to make a visible protest. This is a tactical, not a moral consideration. Voting would not be evil, but in such a case, less effective than the protests. But if we morally licit and and non-aggressive for slaves to vote for a choice of masters in the same way is licit for us to vote for what we believe, the lesser of two or more evils, and still more beneficial to vote for avowedly libertarian candidates. So So just let me stop you real quick. So um, you got to read – again, it's in anti-politics. It's a selection I included in anti-politics from Frank Chodorov called um, My Charming Annoyer. And it's about the it's the best selection on the revolutionary power of not voting of non-voting that you're ever going to find. Again, it's in anti-politics. Check it out, or you can just look it up. It's in um, one of Chodorov's books. It's like chapter four in analytics, I think. Yeah, 
Uh, I, it says at the bottom here, by the way, the date, November 10th, 1980. So that answers right. a lot. It was less than 10 years. So yeah. I feel like we were actually being a little bit harsh on Rothbard, clowning on him a little bit. I mean, to still, you've fair, had 10 years. Less than a decade. Like, but you, but you, true. That, that, that's a fair point. But you still had 10 years. Okay. Yeah. No, I agree. And, it's just, we were clowning. And on in those hard. ten years, they went off the gold <laughs> standard. They had Vietnam. It's like, like you guys did nothing here. Nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair to him, I could totally understand the. If you actually believe this, it would take a while for the consequences to set in and be like, oh, this isn't working out. Because uh, you right. could totally justify an entity less than ten years old. Dude, we're still building power. We're it's a building year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a more convincing argument at that yeah. at, at that time. Yeah. All right, and so there we have it. Konkinian strategy winds up being no strategy at all. Konkins cripples libertarian effectiveness by creating moral problems where none exist by indicting as non-libertarian or non-market a whole slew of institutions necessary to the triumph of liberty. Organization, hierarchy, wage work, granting of funds by libertarian millionaires in a libertarian political party. Konkin is what used to be called a wrecker. Let some institutional organizations seem to be doing good work for liberty somewhere, and Sam Konkin is sure to be in there with a moral attack. I disagree with damn near everything he just said there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, you know, I, I hope we'll see what Konkin's response is, yeah. but I hope that um, it was the case that the Koch brothers had had incorporated their their business. So at that point. You're actually taking money from a corporation. You're taking money from taxpayers at that point. So yeah. we'll find out more when we get that to the to the reply. Yeah. All right. And yet, Conkin's writings are to be welcomed because we need a lot more polycentrism in the movement. Because we he shakes up party arcs who tend to fall into unthinking complacency, and especially because he cares deeply about liberty and can read and write qualities which seem to be going out of style in the libertarian movement. At least we can count on Sam Conkin not to join the mindless cretins in a Clark TV commercial singing about a new beginning America. And that's worth a lot. And that's the end. We'll go on to the Conkin reply uh, in the next episode we do. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. I'm I'm actually legit glad to be done with that because that, that like hurt my heart a lot, a lot, a lot. I know, I know. <laughs> it, it's it's rough. To, it's rough. Like I don't I, again. Yeah. I don't know what the hell Rothbard was thinking. I mean, once again, explains a lot. The 1980, the, the LP was less than a decade old. Okay, all right. I I can wrap my head around it. It's still pretty fucking retarded. Somewhere. I know. That's, I the, mean, that's okay. the thing. I mean, there were some critiques that you're like, okay, I wouldn't say they're retarded. I disagree with them. I think he's missing the point. But there were some, especially towards the end about the LP, you were like, oh, my fuck. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's like they're the only only penalty way to defeat. Like, like, what are you talking about, man? Like, e even like if I didn't give someone the name, like especially that last bit, if I did not put an author author that last bit just about the Libertarian Party, and I gave that essay to like an LPMC friend, they'd be like, "Who, who the fuck is this guy?" Like, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. You could take that and be like, "Oh, this is the Fakertarians people." And they go, oh, "Yeah, this sounds like something they would write." Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. Uh, uh, I, I can't keep shitting on Rothbard. All right, you want to go ahead and drop your plugs because I, I can't keep um, Agorathreads.com for Libertarian and Anarchist Apparel, 3D Printer Go Burr for 3D printers, um, 3, 3D printing supplies. You can pay with crypto if you don't have to access the KYC payment platform. And the book is Anti-Politics. Check it out on Amazon. If you prefer to pay with crypto, shoot me a DM on social media and we'll, we'll figure it out. 
All right, cool. That uh, this is the Way Jose Show. You can find me on YouTube, all the major audio packages, Odyssey. Uh, follow me on Twitter at twenty twenty No Way Jose. Give me money, Patreon.com. Just No Way Jose twenty twenty. Like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. And with that, we are out. Appreciate it. Once again, this is another Thank fun you. one. Yeah. Right.